Welcome to this video. I have a special guest with me, Chris Rude, all the way from Louisiana. And we're here in Phoenix sitting down doing an interview video. And Chris is going to share with you how to really how to really expand from wholesaler doing that first deal, what the mindset needs to look like, what the strategy needs to look like to go from doing a wholesale deal into doing big long-term projects in, in that entire mindset and process from beginner to ultra successful millionaire investor. All that and more coming up. This video is brought to you by Flipster, the software that gives you instant access to every motivated seller lead in the country, including MLS leads, absentee owners, pre-foreclosures, vacant houses, Craigslist leads, and REOs. Check it out now at GetFlipster.com. So Chris, how you doing? Good. It's nice to meet you finally. I've known of you and about you for a long time. And so thank you for taking time to sit down and do this video. I can't wait to share just the wealth of knowledge that you have in real estate investing. And I was telling you before we turned on the camera that uh, a lot of the people watching my videos here on YouTube, um, they're into wholesaling and a lot of them are working on that first deal or if they're, if, or either that or transitioning into trying to create a business. And one of the things I talk about that you and I were talking about is how important it is to not just do only like the assignment of contract or to not put your sights so low that that's all you're thinking about. And I've been really fortunate you have too to start with wholesaling because it's an amazing way to get your entry into the business, but then how to not get stuck kind of in that comfort zone maybe of just doing wholesaling to branch out, to start to do capital, do bigger deals, other other strategies. And you've done an amazing job. I can't wait to kind of talk through some of the things that you've done. But you, like me, started out wholesaling, like most people. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about what that looks like. How did you go from a wholesaler to then start doing all these big projects and these big deals that you're doing? Well, thank you for having me on, Jerry. You're welcome. Um, you know, got a lot of admiration for you. I've been knowing about you probably five years to one. I knew we'd, we'd cross paths eventually. So, um you know, you hit the nail on the head. Um, wholesaling, it, it, it could be a drug. A drug. <laughs> because it's, dude, it's great money. Yeah. I and mean, where can you, where can For you For low it? risk too. Low, I don't know of a better business model yeah. where you can get into a business for the minimum amount of capital, but the maximum amount of gain and profits. I've and never seen another business model that beats it. I don't either. So, and not even just that, that, that is, that is the first thing, but the, a secondary thing of how awesome it is, is that it makes you the source of the deal. So yeah. it makes you control it so you can, you can wholesale it. You can take it down and, and, and flip it or you can keep it yeah. in, as a buying host. And you created all the meat on the bone and get to decide where that, where the meat on the bone goes. That's right. Give it, give most of it to someone else, take a small piece or keep it all yourself. Keep it all yourself. So I think for, you know, I've been wholesaling and for prob, I've been a, an investor for 15 years mm -hmm. real estate, but I, I didn't know about wholesaling until like, I mean, maybe seven years ago. Okay, so you didn't start wholesaling. I started off with buy and hold. Buy and hold, okay. Yeah, yeah. so you know, I, I was an entrepreneur. I had a big chain of quick lube, car wash, and mechanic shops in my town, like four locations, 33 employees. I did really well with that in my mm -hmm. 20s. That um, took all my capital, and I was buying single-family homes, but I didn't know how to go direct to seller. So I was okay. buying them off of MLS, overpaying for them. Okay. Uh -huh. Bought about uh, $3 million worth of single-family homes in 2010 to 12. And this is down south? Down south, yeah. Yeah. 
um, I'm sorry, 2012 to 2014, they, the economy pulled back. The oil, we had an oil field crash. Oil went from $128 a barrel to $28 a barrel. So what did that do to your values on your rentals? Oh man, I was, I was buying from realtors at 85, 90 cents in the dollar because I didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't know how to go direct sale. I didn't know about wholesaling. And all that little bit of equity I had evaporated. And in oh. some cases, I was upside down. On your loans. On, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, frankly speaking. And what was, year was that? This 2014. So okay. the significance so, of 2014, like everybody's thinking, what's 14? Yeah, yeah. 2008 didn't hurt me because right. I was in the South. Oil thrived in 2008. So that kept the job market up. Texas, Louisiana did really well. So, so you had a unique market condition that that drove, that drove that tanked your real estate market. Yep. That most people maybe don't relate don't. to, but you do because it happened to you right. in your in Louisiana. Correct. And, and we, were, we went upside down on a lot of properties. I How'd you manage that? What'd you do? Oh, man. Um, Did you lose them? No, I got out of them. I should have probably filed bankruptcy. I didn't because <laughs> I wanted to keep my credit yeah. out of pride and just, you know, doing the right thing. So honestly, wholesaling saved me from going bankrupt. Did those properties, um, they were cash flowing? Did rents drop too? Rents drop. Well, okay. no, they all moved out. They, so everyone they, left. They, yeah, I mean, because I had nicer, how dollars houses that I that were worth, you know, like I said, it was ninety cents, eighty five cents in the dollar. But most of the people in there were all field workers making yeah. one hundred and ten, one hundred twenty thousand a year, and they paying all, rent easily, easily. So then they, rents rents disappeared. They disappeared. So now you got all these properties and all vacant. So I started in a world of hurt. Yeah, yeah, and I, I started. I was. I got to a point where I was losing about twenty, thirty thousand dollars a month. And my shops, my four locations, my quick loop car wash and all chain shops started losing revenue too because I had all my, my uh, fleet accounts were all field related. Yeah. So I was up shit creek with no paddle, to be honest with yeah. you. So, but, but Jerry, right around the same time, I found wholesaling uh-huh. on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, you guys know that wholesaling does really well is inducive to a, uh, you know, a slowdown or, you know, an oh, economic yeah. turndown. There's a lot of motivation in the marketplace. So by the grace of God, I was able to start wholesaling and covering my losses. Pay your pay your debts. Yes, I wasn't making any money. I was making a bunch of money, but not making a bunch of money. Yeah, just clawing your way out of a hole. Clawing my way. I would just, I was paying my notes. It was a scary time for me and my wife. And um, end up just started slowly selling them off. I lost 45,000 on one house, 10 grand in another house, broke even another, made 2,500. End up, you know, selling off that whole portfolio. It took me years. It took mm-hmm. us probably five, six years to sell that portfolio off. And then I sold off all my shops too. And th- yeah. but but I sold off all my shots because I saw how much money I was making wholesaling. Yeah, but let me stop you for a second here because there's there's something about this that I think is um, something that as an entrepreneur, a business owner, you have to have, and it's this grit. Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of people that went through something similar. I went through the 08, yeah. right, and um, I got my butt handed to me too. But like for me, it was like you. It was like get back up on the saddle, right? It was claw my way out of this mess I'm in. I remember getting so extended on loans for doing fix and flips mm-hmm. that I had no way, I had no idea how I was going to pay my loans next month. And I'd run out and wholesale a house to just, to just same, to just service my debt because I so extended myself. And, you know, like I got stories where I had the wrong insurance on a rental property and, and the, the water heater pipe busted because the furnace went out winter flooded the whole thing out and no, and the insurance wouldn't cover it. And I had to read like all these stories. But the one thing I did different like you is I just said, okay, solve this problem, claw my way out of this mess and get back out there and do it again and try again and not just quit and, and go back to a job. Right. And so what, what was it about you? How did you 
what was going on in your mind during that time that said, I can figure this out, I can get through this, and I can reach success again? So you said grit, right? Um, it's, a, it's a great word. Um, you got to be almost, uh, you ain't got to be that smart in this game. What you need is you got to, you need to be, you got to be too stupid to quit. You don't need brains in this business. You need balls. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, it, it, it ain't rocket science what we're doing, yeah. you know? So, and I think that's not Love even, that. it's not even just in real estate, it's just entrepreneur. Like you just got to have a big pair. Right. You know, it's funny you say that. I put a post on social a few days ago about a two-year lawsuit that I've been in. Uh, it was one of my luxury new constructions, professional sewer, you know, like I was their third or fourth builder they sued. Wow. And uh, they started out with a $2 million demand and, and, I, and I hadn't done anything wrong. And so I fought and mediation, all this stuff. Every, every place they went, I would, I would win during discovery. And I ended up paying around 40,000 in legal fees. They were over a hundred thousand. Well, they come finally after two years and they say, we want to do mediation at mediation. They start at 950,000. I start at 30,000 because it's another two years to go to court. And I'm like, let's go to court. I'll go to court. And, uh, anyway, we ended up settling at 55,000. I settled their original $2 million demand at 55,000. And so I just kind of share. And what I said at the end of this story is I said, in business, you got to have a pair of balls and you got to be willing to fight and people, you're going to become a target. Absolutely. And if you can't stomach that, this ain't for you. No. Cause it's, if you haven't been sued, you haven't been in business not, long enough. Yeah, you're not trying hard enough. That's right. People yeah. are going to come after you. Stick TW2 job. I mean, when you become an entrepreneur, it, it's, it's the way it's the entrepreneurial gods created this entrepreneurial experience is that they're going to test you. Yeah. You're going to be te- There's no, it, it, you're going to have a personal business financial calamity at one stage point in your entrepreneurial career. And if you don't have something big like what happened to you, you're going to do a deal that loses money. 100%. I've done deals that have we lost. We just lost $50,000 yeah, two, weeks ago, I, two I, weeks ago on a big flip. I mean, right. It's part of the game. It's part of the game. I've, I've lost six figures on deals and it hurts and it yeah. sucks. But you get back up and you learn from your mistakes and you keep going. I look at it like at the end of the year that I win more than I lost. Yeah. And that I win big more than I lost. That's what I'm hoping for. But you cannot do this business without without some losses. Well, well Jerry, you said a you know a pertinent thing right there. You, you know that you lost. But if if you just have the mindset shift, you guys are listening, probably young entrepreneurs. Like you got to understand that you if you can have the mindset that you never lose, you only learn. Yeah. And you just get back up, and now when you get back up, you're a new, smarter version of yourself because you know not what you don't want to do again. So, you, but I love Chris, what you said, it's, it's less about brains. Like I used to think these super successful people, man, they must be so intelligent. They must be so smart. No, all the, no, they don't. No, they're they, brave. They're just brave. They have, they just courage. have courage. You need more courage than you need anything yeah. else. They're willing to take risk yeah. and try again and do it again yeah. and commit to it. That's why they're successful. Not because they're smarter than the next guy. Yeah, no, hundred percent, and it just they're they're purpose driven, right? You you look at a lot of entrepreneurs; they they have a purpose, right? They they most not. I mean, entrepreneur space is probably about three percent of the population, right? And if you look at the, the commonality of entrepreneurs is that we're purpose driven versus the rest of the population is pleasure driven, and their whole activities is around entertaining themselves. And you have to this this game of entrepreneurship is so hard that if you don't have a huge purpose, you will quit. Well, it's interesting, Chris, because, you know, I talk a lot to my audience and, and students that come through training programs and so on. And I'll get questions like, man, I don't, what do I do if I don't have a thousand dollar earnest money? Or, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to sign a contract if I don't know if I've got a cash buyer. And, and what I'm, what I hear is 
I want to do this business. I want to change my life, but I don't want to take any risk whatsoever. And like, you got to risk at times. Now do smart risk, be strategic about it. But if you're not willing to put yourself out there at whatever level you're at, and you're never going to get to that next level and the next level, because it's a stepping stone to go from small deals to big deals. That's right. And you wanted to, originally we talked about how to transition from low risk wholesaling into doing bigger things that are going to have way more impact. Absolutely. And how, so wholesaling saved your business, saved your life. I think for me, it did changed my life. I mean, I can't even imagine where I would be had it not been for wholesaling, but what was that? How did you turn that then into a stepping stone to climb back up? Yeah. So you said another good thing, stepping stone. So wholesaling, it's like, you gotta look at it like you're going to school, like you're a freshman in high school. Wholesaling is you're a freshman. Yeah. Your sophomore is raising money. Uh-huh. Junior, you start fix and flip. You start then you start making a bunch of capital. Senior, you start doing buy and hold. In that long term assets. Yeah. That if you do that order, that is the roadmap to being a professional real estate investor. I love it. I went to buy and hold first, not knowing how to do direct to seller marketing yeah. to capture enough equity. So what yeah. it was a skip gradient. Yeah. I missed the block. I missed the foundation. They, they build on one another. It's funny you say that. Uh, I went to dinner last night with one of my coaching students doing really well. Did $450,000 in fix and flip, right? Kind of new out of the gate. And then he took some of that capital and he put $50,000 down and bought a rental property. And now he's telling me, he's like, I got $100 in my bank account right now because I'm waiting for my next flip to sell. And I said to him, I said, and he's asking me, I said, if you want my advice, here's my advice. Don't recapitalize right now into rentals. You're not ready. No, you're not ready. He should have raised the money. Yeah. Hold your cash for the crash, deploy it into something that less risky or stack way more cash. Yeah. You you need to have at least. You're not ready. And I said, what did that rental do? He said, yeah, it's making me 900 a month cash flow. And I said, but think about this $50,000 to put down on a rental that's giving you a $900 a month. That's, let's call it 12 grand a year. You know how to flip right now. You're like, you're learning, you're doing good. That 50,000 could be, that, that could be your secondary money because you can get hard money on most of it and let you do two more flips this year. That same 50,000 because you're going to use it twice, yep. once, six months and six months. Do two more flips that get you another $100,000. What is that doing for you? I got it. Rentals are great. That's, I, I, I get why you're doing this, but think about where you're at in your progression and in the order of building your business. Yep, 100%. If I was that guy, I would have I would have kept all my cash and I would have um I would have raised all the money and brought a partner in, let the partner put the 50 grand, give him 50% equity, even maybe 60 or 70, you still maybe make only 100, 200 bucks, but you still liquid. You got your liquidity to go deploy into another deal. It's better to take a piece of the pie and keep all your cash because you, you you have optionality when you have cash. And, yeah. and, you, and you can solve problems and you can get yourself out of problems when you have cash. I tell people focus on massive income first and then passive income. Yeah. You know, 100%. That's a good because you got to do things in the right order to, yeah. to do it because that rental property, it's a long term asset. And people say to me, well, yeah, but it's going to double in value. Maybe, maybe not. Right. You don't know that. We've seen it not. Maybe it will. And that equity you think you have right now, that's phantom equity because you don't actually get that until you sell. And your plan is not to sell. So you're, str- you're strictly looking at your cash flow, which is great. But where are you at in the progression of your business? If you're telling me you got $100 in your bank account, it's not time to be putting money into down payments on rentals yet. No. It's not time yet. No, he skipped the grade. He went from junior, senior. Yeah, <laughs> he skipped a grade. Yeah. And he, he didn't do freshman. And he's going to get, he's got to be careful. He doesn't get himself caught in a, where he can't function as, he can't manage his business. Yeah. 
cash flow management is everything. Hundred percent, and, and I, I'm firsthand experience of that. I went, I went, I tried to be a senior before I was a freshman, and I got myself out of the bad situation I went was in by going back to being a freshman wholesaler. Now I'll tell you, Chris. I mean, I, I personally, I may be stuck more in the junior, not graduated to senior as you know quickly as I can. I'm like this. I'm like the 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 top of the junior class because I love flipping, and I don't, I don't hold so much. I don't like managing assets. It's not fun. It's not something I resonate with. Whereas flipping, I do. So I've been a little, probably a little more reluctant to to move into the hold. Yep. Puerto Rico solves a lot of that because I don't need to because I don't right. the depreciating asset doesn't, you know I'm not taking advantage of that. Um, but I'm starting to get there finally. You know it's all worked out because I'm doing really well. But but I love that that so so explain that order again. Wholesaling's freshman, raising juniors capital. raising capital. No, sophomores raising. Our sophomore, I mean sophomore raising capital because you got to learn how to get money to, to take deals down. Correct. Okay. And then maybe your wholetailing. Wholetailing and flipping is going to be your flipping, junior, junior yep. level. Junior's flipping and then buying holds. Buying holds senior. senior and then if you want to you go up into college, that's land development. Yeah. That's the big game. Yep. So, um, and then when you become a professor, you know, you're lending College. Money. Yeah. You're okay. Lending, you're lending, lending money and you're, you know, that's where I think we all want to be. We've got so much capital. That's my dream is to just straight money, money lender. Money. Yeah. Yeah. You're a doctorate right mm-hmm. now. You're a professor. Very cool. I hope you guys, uh, that's really fascinating way to think about it. I like to look at deals like I use baseball. So I look at home run. Those are the ones you keep. Yep. And then what I do is the, the singles, doubles, triples wholesale those. Cause it's not, it's not worth your bandwidth to tie up on a, on a single double triple. No, I love that. I, I use the same analogy for like when my, when me and my partners talk, we, hey, was it a home run deal? It's stand up double, Chris, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, good way to put it. But, um, yeah. so for you, what's it looked like? Cause you've, you've, you're, Wholesaling is still a part because that's what's great about sourcing deals is you can wholesale the ones you don't want. Right. You're flipping still. Yep. And then you've moved into an asset class on the hold, which is mobile homes. Mobile home parks. Mobile right. home parks. Not just mobile homes, parks. Yeah, we own about 504 units, uh, 17 parks. And um, we got into that asset class because they have a, sh- a massive strategic advantage. Um, for one, it, there there wasn't a whole lot of eyeballs on that. Uh-huh. The The... The competition wasn't there yet. I got into it early, you know, okay. four and a half, five years ago, where not a lot of people even knew about it or weren't looking at it. Mm-hmm. I read an article about Warren Buffett talking about the wave of the future's affordable housing, and it resonated with me. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, income's not keeping up with inflation. The baby boomers are retiring. We got too much student debt. Kids aren't going to buy houses. And think about it: the the national median home price is four hundred thousand. Yeah. Like it's, it's pricing out of yeah. people. Even get right out of college, making fifty six grand a year, you're never going to afford that. Yeah, and you're, you're never going to buy hundred grand worth of debt. So it made a lot of sense. And I had before that, I had bought a bunch of single family homes, I had invested in a, some apartments, and it just the returns were lackluster. And I, I had lost my house when I sales family homes. But when I was wholesaling, I noticed a lot of leads would come through from as mobile homes. To be moved, and I couldn't do anything with them because I didn't like what I'm gonna do with a mobile home to be moved. But then, moved mean trailer it to a new to, location. To, yeah, people would call me through the wholesale. And, hey, look, I got a trailer that I want to move and sell. <laughs> I was like, well, I don't know what I'm gonna do with. That. I can't even wholesale. I don't know anybody that even buys trailers to be moved. So, but once, I, so I took that was my. I knew that I could take those because they were willing to give them away. Yeah, they, a couple they, thousand dollars, oh, dude. I bought yeah, fifteen hundred bucks, five grand. <laughs> trailer was nice. The the transporting cost more than the trailer. Correct. <laughs> um, so. When I had read that article about Warren Buffett, I was like, I want to, that makes a lot of sense to me. I want to start investing in mobile home parks. And I said, I bet you if I buy a mobile home park, I can source the deals from my, my wholesaling business, the mobile homes, and then fill up the infield, the spots that are empty. And the first deal we bought was a 24 unit in Lafayette, Louisiana. I paid 405 for it. It had seven empty spots. 
massively. I see. It was it was in good shape, but it was a little distressed from a baby boomer. He had died. Given to his kids, they didn't want it. Realtor uh, knew I was an investor. Said, "Hey man, I got this mobile home park, and it's crazy, Jerry. And you kind of, you know, what you think about, you attract." Yeah. It was a week prior to that. I had read that article. And I was like, "I want to do mobile home parks." And then, and then all of a sudden, one lands in your lap. Isn't that funny? Land? How that works? It's funny how yeah. it works. So, anyway, bought that deal and uh, just meshed the wholesaling of the source in the mobile homes and, and started infilling all these trailers. And you know, three years later, that park. Um, I was getting $7,200 a month when I bought it. I paid four hundred five. I put about 150 grand into it. it. took me about two years. I did it slow. Yeah. took the cash flow from the park. That park does sixteen five now, and I'm all in at 550000 What does that in, in real estate? Yeah. So, it does, so say that again, monthly? $16,500 a month. Okay. On a $405,000 investment that I put 150000 over a two-year period to rehab. Yeah, and so your cash on cash is... It's ridiculous. Yeah. So that was the, the, the light bulb that went off like, okay, I'm in a good vertical right here. Mm-hmm. This is going to be hard to disrupt because mm-hmm. I had been disrupted before with the single family home. So I came out of it as a new me, a wiser me. And, and I just because went. you don't really care what those values are doing because it's, it's all about rental income and cash flow, right? Like, so what if the trailer's worth five or 10,000 more or whatever it's doing? You don't even really care, do you? I paid 15 grand for it. I get all my money back in the first year. So it's already paid for itself. You don't even care what it's. I don't care. It's just all cash flow driven. It's all cash flow driven. Um, Yeah, look, granted, they don't they don't appreciate like apartments do or a single or a single family or even an Airbnb. But you want it to be diversified, right? If you want to invest for long term appreciation, do Airbnbs. Our Airbnbs are crushing it. Apartments are more of a. They don't cash flow as good as not even close, but they have a long term. Run up appreciation. So I think you just need to be diversified. I'm not saying you should do mobile home park investing. I'm just telling you if you want massive cash flow, mobile home. And parks. this is just, this is just, you know, your journey, what it looks like for you. Mine looks different. I actually, when you said developments college, we do, I do development and new construction flip still, yep. but you know, everyone's going to have a little bit different journey. I think the point I hope you get from this is the story of how to transition yep. your, your investing. And how to not think so small as just wholesaling. Correct. And I think we get so stuck sometimes in like, well, I got to pay my bills at the end of the month. I need to do a wholesale deal so I can pay my bills at the end of the month. And that is so short-sighted. Like, figure that out, right? Because you got to pay the bills. I get it. You got to do that. But like, go in with a bigger vision of what this could look like and what you can make this. And the sky's the limit, isn't it? I mean, real estate can be whatever you want to make it. Real estate's so diversified. I mean, it's so many different things you can get into. You know, if you you can look at real estate, like like we talked about the high school, and then you can look at it from a point of you got fast money, medium money, and slow money. Fast money is your wholesaling. Medium money is your flipping. Because it might take you six months or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, four to six months. Slow money is the buy and hold. Because it's trickling now. Correct. Yep. You just got to have your hands on all three of them. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it makes you diversified. You, yeah. The key is is being simple. You want to be in real estate. If you look at real estate like a big wheel and you got spokes on the wheel, every spoke is a vertical. Wholesaling, flipping, raising private money, land development, single family home, buy and hold, mobile home parks. You want to have the more spokes you have on that wheel, that fast that wheel is going to turn over time. But if you just got that one vertical of wholesaling, it barely turns that wheel. Yeah, you're making a bunch of cash, but you're not building the wealth wheel over time. Yeah. So you just got to, you, you can't be one dimensional in real estate. Mm-hmm. Can't. Yeah. I hope you take that to heart. That's really profound, Chris. I love that. You're creating this wheel that you want to roll forward. That's going to create wealth, time, freedom, financial freedom. And the three verticals are the slow, medium, and fast 
cash infusing into that wheel, rolling forward. Isn't that great? But get your education first. Go be a freshman, be a sophomore, yeah. and, then, and then you start. You know, it's like people, people will ask me all the time, well, how are you doing these luxury flips and some of these big things? Well, it's like I started 18 years ago doing $5,000 junker houses in Detroit. You know, like in the ghetto is where I started. Yeah. And I've just slowly progressed. It, it wasn't an overnight thing. It may seem like it to some people, but it wasn't. It was actually, I, I actually think people can do it 10 times faster than I did it. Yeah if they just get the right education and make the right steps. Whereas I didn't, I, I, you know, there weren't things like there are today. Education wasn't where it was today. Tools and resources. Oh man. Coaching wasn't where it is today. They they haven't made. Yeah. If I was 21, 22 and could watch a guy like you or me on YouTube. Game changer. Right. They got it made. Yeah. I just don't know it. Well, love this, Chris. Hope you guys get a lot of value out of this. Um, Chris has a YouTube channel where you're sharing a lot of the, your strategies and content. It's, it's, uh, I was looking at your channel. It's got some great, like you said, diversifying real estate investing. So you can get some home parks. Yeah. Wholesaling, flipping all the Airbnb, some of the things you're doing. We'll put the link in the description below to your YouTube channel. And, uh, but thank you for sharing, you know, your strategies and, and your philosophy on how to do this business. I really appreciate that. Guys, if you have any questions, put those in the comments and we'll, we'll try to answer those. But, and, and if you haven't, please subscribe to the channel. We'll see you on the next video.